Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Ferrario and Tanner Hendricks and I'm Brandon Kylie. I've been looking forward to this all day long. We gotta let Katie cook. She texted me last night and said, I've got some takes, oh, Alex. And that's when you know this is gonna be a fun conversation. So we're gonna get right to it. Via the Brown Katie and Crippen Celebrity Line. Monday. Katie Wu, the Cardinals insider for The Athletic, joins us. Check out her work over at The Athletic. Be sure to follow her on Twitter as well, at Katie J. Wu. Katie, what's got you so hot and bothered today? Why, why did you send me a text yesterday saying, I've got some takes about the Cardinals? Hot and bothered. That is a, a stretch now that I've slept a little bit. Maybe I was a little <laughs> agitated. Um, but you know what, you guys? Hey, look, let, let's take this from a broad perspective first. Cardinals are 38 and 30. They are tied for first place with the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, of course they are because they have a very pivotal four-game series in Milwaukee starting today. You kind of knew this was going to how, how it's going to shake out pretty much all summer. I thought the Cardinals played really good baseball last week. I thought they were... They were dominant against the Pirates, as to be expected, and uh, they were played some pretty good baseball against the Red Sox. And hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't think that you can say, oh, they could have won this game if this happened, because that's there's no way to prove that, right? But the Cardinals have a pretty clear problem at this point in their middle innings when it comes to finding a sustainable relief option. This Cardinals offense is not the Cardinals offense we saw in 2021. They're resilient. They have power. They can get on base. They're crafty. They can score they're explosive we saw it twice in two games um, or twice in three games i should say in boston when you have an offense that can do that and you are suddenly lacking the options that in in any kind of way in the middle infield to hold a one to two game deficit or one to two run deficit it really magnifies that problem i think we saw that twice once with tj mcfarland on friday once yesterday with drew verhagen I'm not saying the Cardinals could have won those games or would have won those games. That's not fair to say we don't know that. But I'm saying when you have an offense that is resilient and as dominant as the Cardinals offense, I mean, they rank in the top five in average OPS, strikeout per nine innings rate, and you have a problem with your middle inning relief being unable to hold a deficit, it magnifies that problem, I think. Well, Katie, and I mean, Ali Marmol gave a, a pretty telling quote over the weekend, too, talking about how they need those guys to step up. What do you think happens in the circumstance? Because obviously Verhagen is a part of this roster and McFarland. I mean, that's a lot of money if you sit there and talk about DFAing those guys. But you need to sh- showcase some of the other players to see if they have the opportunity or the possibility or potential to be those middle inning relief pitchers. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And I think the Cardinals and the pitching staff, they really value stuff, right? And when you look at Drew Verhagen, his stuff, by all means, his metrics, signify that he should be good. TJ McFarland, when you look at his sinker and how it's been trending in the right direction, signifies that he should be good. Um, when it's Then you get on the field, and they're not. And it's mystifying, I think, from a front office perspective. And you know what? Look, I think John Mazzalek went about the offseason the right way. Hear me out. He did not throw a bunch of money at one reliever and hope that that was going to fix the bullpen. He spent incremental amounts in many different options and tried to bolster it up with some versatility. That was probably the best way to go about it. Now, obviously, those options have not gone according to plan. I mean, Drew Verhagen was expected to compete for the fifth starter in spring training. So when you're looking at that and you're looking at the, the stuff and the projections and the expected numbers, you have maybe a longer warrant for keeping them around and trying to figure out the problem. But it's pretty clear at this point, and Ollie Marmel said as much yesterday during the postgame show, that those two guys are not going to be looked at to hold games anymore. They're not going to be looked at in those one to two run. I like to refer to them as bridge relievers situations. You're going to look at Zach Thompson, who did great in, uh, in, on Saturday at Fenway Park. Nine up, nine down, four strikeouts. He's going to take over T.J. McFarland's spot for the left-handed option. Ollie Marmel was pretty honest to that point of honesty we keep referencing with this manager when he said straight up they need a right-handed pitcher to get out. They're no longer going to look at Drew Verhagen in that role. He's going to be back into the bullpen and trying to figure his stuff out on the fly. Johan Oviedo is going to get the first crack at it. Um, and you know what? He's on the roster. He's pitched well. He's trending in the right direction after his last outing. Why not give your young guys a shot? Again, we've talked about the stuff that the Cardinals really like. We've heard about Johan Oviedo and his stuff for about three years now. Uh, and the Cardinals are in a better spot than they were last year, 100% when it comes to pitching depth. They can go back into their AAA roster. You have Jake Walsh who's dealing with some front, some forearm tightness right now, some elbow soreness. But you have guys like Cody Whitley. You have guys like Jake Woodford who, in my opinion, you guys, Really profiles well for a right-hander who can get out. They, but we've talked about the expected slugging percentage. We've talked about, you know, again, the stuff and the projections <laughs> aren't where the Cardinals would like it, which is why he's in AAA. But at this point, if you're looking for someone to get out and you have someone who has proved for the past season and a half he can get out, I think Jake Whitford should get some, some consideration as well. So what I expect to see in Milwaukee, obviously these are going to be some four very tight, exciting games. Kind of fun to have this pivotal of the series in June. See, Zach Thompson gets some opportunities out there from the left-handed side. Oviedo gets some opportunities from the right-handed side. If that doesn't work out, I think it's time to reconsider Jake Woodford. Is it also time to start talking about the possibility that they acquire somebody from outside of the organization? I know they like their pitching depth, and Jordan Hicks might be coming back in the not-too-distant future. You've got Steven Matz on the horizon. Do you think they're giving any consideration right now to adding from outside of the organization? I think that the closer we get to the trade deadline, we'll probably have a better idea. Let's also keep in mind that there's Jordan Hicks, who is slated to start a rehab assignment with Memphis either today or tomorrow. He's going to be coming out of the bullpen with Memphis. He's pretty much going to take over at where uh, Andre Pallante was before the Cardinals lose into the rotation. That, I feel pretty confident in saying, will be helpful for the Cardinals, obviously. We saw what Jordan Hicks was able to do in the bullpen last year. He has that wipeout slider compared to that triple-digit fastball. He very well could be that bridge reliever. Um, so I think the Cardinals will look at Hicks. Obviously, they expect him to be a huge weapon in the bullpen on the team throughout the season. Because right now, though, when you look at this roster, guys, when you look at the active pitchers they have and their options, it's like, it's like you know when you knock a lamp over and you can see it falling in slow motion and there's nothing you can do to stop it and you just wait for it to crash? 
That's kind of what it felt like over the series when it was a one to two run deficit and there weren't there wasn't an option that has proved itself to hold that lead yet. It's a great comparison. That's our show. Yeah, I was going to say that feels like what (laughs) 11 to 2 Monday through Fridays usually are uh, with BK and Ferrario. Katie, on the uh, offensive side, or I guess on the injury side of things, the Tyler O'Neill news isn't a welcoming uh, news over the weekend because he looked like he was really starting to come into getting that offense going. We talked about this earlier in the show. What do you feel like the moves are going to coincide with Tyler O'Neill going to the injured list? Is this the opening for Alec Burleson, maybe? Or is this the opening for Paul DeYoung? Paul DeYoung. Paul DeYoung. Here we go, Katie. It's oh, time. Let's start the chance. Well, Katie, Katie, you can notice how there was only one person chanting Paul DeYoung. I love baseball. I've said it before. I'll say it again because uh, all of a sudden we're we're clamoring for Paul DeYoung to get back and to DFA everybody else. Katie, I don't think there's any clamoring going on for Paul DeYoung. Only DK is clamoring. Oh, no. There are. There (laughs) are, you guys. There is uh, plenty of people. But, hey, what do I know? Um, (laughs) Look, obviously it's disappointing what's happening with Tyler O'Neill. The Cardinals haven't really – didn't really have much of an update for us post-game. Obviously things changed. I probably want to get a look at him this morning, this afternoon. This is the guy that looked more like the Tyler O'Neill the Cardinals expected. I was remarking with Derek Gould in the press box at Fenway Park that he hadn't really pulled for power lately, and most of his home runs were coming to right center or center field. He was spraying the ball a lot better. I mean, we know about Tyler and his pull power. So to see him be able to to have that power to other directions of the field, I thought was an interesting development. Um, Obviously, you know, you never want to miss your starting outfield. Cardinals do have one of the best starting outfields in baseball defensively. I think Burleson is warranted uh, at least a look. Uh, what he's doing in AAA has, has been pretty exciting. We've seen the Cardinals front office and John Mazalock and Ollie Marmel not be afraid to dip into that minor league system and start the clock on, guys. Uh, you could see Lars Mupar again, but do they really want to option him back up and down eventually and, and burn those options since players are under a limit this year? I do think that while Paul DeYoung is playing much better, and it's obviously a good sign, John Mazalock in a Q&A session that ran on Sunday was pretty positive about the development of DeYoung, you have to really make sure that what he is doing is sustainable. So if you see him having some some success over the last 10, 12 days, two weeks, sure, that's exciting. But you want to make sure from a front office perspective that that is a sustainable thing you can count on at the major league level. Because once they bring Paul DeYoung back, he doesn't have any options left. He's on the, he's on the roster. And then the only way to kind of offload him, if you want to make a change, is either to trade or DFA. That's why I think that he, Paul DeYoung is going to get an even longer look in the minors. They really want to make sure he's ready before they take the risk in bringing him up. Because if they bring him up, him up and he struggles again, then the Cardinals run a huge risk of losing him altogether. So we'll see. Obviously, the, the main priority for the Cardinals is that Tyler Neal doesn't miss too much time. And uh, we'll go forward. But I think of all the guys looking for maybe a call up if O'Neill doesn't end up on the IL would be Burleson. Katie Wu is our guest here on 101 ESPN. She mentioned it. She had a really good piece over the weekend, a questions and answers style with John Mosaylock. You could read that over at The Athletic. She tweeted it out. Find her on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. Uh, Katie, how do the Cardinals view Alec Burleson? Like, if they brought him up, is he somebody that we should expect to see get extended time in the outfield, or is he more of a pure DH type? That's a good question. Um, and when you're looking at, look, you guys, you know who I, who I used to be, a big universal DH hater, was very much against it. Took me 10 weeks to realize, oh, this is so good for the game. Tanner's still um, living there, Katie. He still hates yeah, it. Yeah, I want to see pitchers hit again, Katie. Tanner, ugh. 
Come on. I know I'm so fake. I know. Save that. Yeah, save Tanner. that. Tanner, cut that, please. Never. Um, I think just based on how the Cardinals like to operate this year, we talk so much about roster fluidity and lineup flexibility. They'll want to see Burleson in the corner outfield spot. I mean, that's why we've seen Yepa's there. We've seen Donovan there. I don't think when they bring anyone up, they're like truly locked into position. I mean, look at Brendan Donovan, for example. Um, look at Tommy Edmond and his ability to shuffle everywhere. So, sure, he'll probably get some consideration at DH, but I don't think the Cardinals bring up Burleson unless they feel like he can play anywhere and kind of plug into that fluid lineup that the Cardinals have implemented throughout the season. That's my best guess. Final question that I've got for you. We'll get you out of here on this one. We've had a few texts, and I know we're going to talk about this later, about Albert Pujols' uh, playing time lately. I went back through to check his last five starts against right-handed pitchers. I can explain three of them really easily. Like one was a doubleheader. Another was Goldie getting a day off. Your only other real option there was Sosa. You're not going to start Sosa as your DH. Another one, Gorman was hurt. O'Neal Carlson were both on the IL. Your other options were Sosa and Newbar. Okay, that one's not hard to explain either. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. you get to the last couple, though, and Yepes has been an option for them, and he he didn't get the start against a right-handed pitcher. Katie, can you give us some insight into what the plan has been, based on the way that you understand it at least, with Albert Pools getting starts at DH against right-handed pitching lately? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm glad you brought it up because I've been seeing a lot of questions about this too. I think for the most part, the decisions to start Albert Pujols against right-handed pitching, like you just explained, Beak, I thought that was like really, really well done. Saved me a lot of words. <laughs> Has been self-explanatory. Um, you know, he'll, he'll every now and then DH against right-handers with lower velocity and, and get him an opportunity to play more. But there is an entertainment factor every rare opportunity that Ollie Marmel feels like he needs to acknowledge. We saw Albert start opening day in St. Louis against a right-hander. That was probably not going to happen unless it was opening day. There was a ton of Cardinals fans at Fenway Park. I felt like it was pretty 50-50 over the weekend, attendance-wise. Um, there was a spot for Albert in the, on Saturday. The Cardinals were up at that point, I think, either by seven or nine runs. And he kind of deked the crowd, Ollie Marmel did. Setting Gorman up to pinch hit me on, or setting Gorman up non-deck circle at the very last second called him back and sent Albert pulls up to pinch it against the lefties. That's it was a great bat. He ended up striking out, but you know, I thought that was pretty well done in playing to the crowd, but Ollie has been honest. And he said, you know, starting Albert on Sunday, last time at Fenway park, there is a, I'm paraphrasing here, but a sense of, of just, this is a big moment. This is historic. As he's done in his career, he's earned the right to start today. And whether you like it or not, I can see it. I I see also the numbers with with Albert against right-handed pitching. I think the platoon works when you're when you start him against lefties. I 100% agree. I also see the opportunity to want to thank the fans for being there and give them one moment at Fenway Park and give baseball a moment at Fenway Park. I think if Albert goes one for three, it's not that big of a deal. But because he went over three with three strikeouts against a very very dominant Nick Pavetta. That's why it's a little bit of an issue. I don't expect that to be the norm going forward. I really do expect it to be special circumstances. Um, But that was the explanation we got on Sunday when we asked. Interesting. Okay. I I appreciate you giving us a little bit of insight there. I I don't have an issue necessarily with getting him opportunities. I just wish yesterday it came in a pinch hit opportunity later in the game, especially when you see Yepes come in late and it's like, boom, pinch hit, home run, (laughs) kind of like added salt into the wound, which wasn't wasn't ideal, obviously. But it is interesting. You don't like pool holes, though. Okay, enough of that. Katie, we appreciate the time as always. Thanks for jumping on with us today. Enjoy the series out in Milwaukee. This should be a fun one. It should be a fun one, guys, indeed. Hey, thank you so much. We will talk again next week.